Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Isn't it fun to get uh, share Christmas with uh, the people we work with around the world? That's kind of a fun thing, and we're going to have an opportunity to uh, say Merry Christmas back to them in just a few moments. Um, this is um, it's Christmas morning, hard to believe. And uh, I'm sure there's various emotions that uh, are represented here. Um, maybe some nostalgia. You remember maybe years ago for some of us, uh, just before the earth's crust hardened, um, the excitement of Christmas morning, uh, joy with kids and little ones and family uh, gatherings, uh, maybe some with sadness because there are loved ones who are not with us this Christmas and maybe they were last Christmas. Maybe just a sense of, of weariness. You know, that's the, this is the day that all the, all the decorating, all the shopping, all the baking, all, you know, it, it all is for this day. And it is now here, which means uh, it'll soon be over. And so you will begin the weariness of taking down the decorations, eating up all the cookies and starting the diet. You know, today you eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you diet. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, tomorrow's Monday, so tomorrow the returns start, right, in the department store. The sweater you got last night or this morning from Aunt Martha, uh, that you're not wearing today because you're a person of pride. You have the choice to either return it, exchange it for something else, you know, get your money back, exchange it for something else, or you go ahead and keep it for next Christmas so you can wear it to the ugly sweater Christmas contest. That all happens uh, tomorrow. It's a busy, uh, a busy time. Um, of course, we also say goodbye to the Christmas carols again, unless you are a real Christmas enthusiast and you play them all year round. And there's some good things about that because we don't have to listen to jolly old St. Nicholas anymore or I saw someone kissing Santa Claus, that, that goes away. Jolly old St. Nick. Now you know that there was a St. Nick that actually a real person. He was born at the end of the third century, right? And uh, he became known as the, the protector of children. He was, had a great benevolent heart for children in poverty and he gave gifts and he took care of many, many people. And um, the, the interesting thing is that the Dutch people latched on to that whole thing of St. Nicholas. And uh, when they came over to the New World, they brought the celebration of St. Nicholas with them. So that's how it came over here to the United States, or not wasn't the United States at that time, the colonies. And then uh, around the early part of the 19th century, St. Nicholas got... Uh, put into our, our Christmas holiday traditions and the giving of gifts. And then it was later that it evolved into, well, you know who, the jolly red guy with the hat uh, called Santa Claus. Uh, it evolved into that. Uh, but did you know that Jesus actually had a friend named Saint Nick? Now, not the Santa Claus, but the, his name is actually Nicodemus. Nicodemus, he was a friend of Jesus, and it says in John chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and he came at night to talk with Jesus. He came at night because, well, he was a religious head honcho. He was a bigwig of Judaism. He was part of the ruling caste system of the Jews. He was a Pharisee. And um, Jesus was uh, from Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem, but from Nazareth, and he was... Uh, not uh, respected by the religious elite. And so Nicodemus didn't necessarily want to be seen with 
Jesus, so he met him at night, but he had some questions that he wanted to talk with Jesus about. He was curious about who Jesus was. Nicodemus was curious because this guy was steeped in the Old Testament. He knew the Old Testament backwards, forwards, upside down, inside out. He had memorized the old law, the Old Testament law. The guy was brilliant. He was probably a very good person as well. And um, he enters this conversation with Jesus out of curiosity. Who, who are you really? I know the Bible, he said. I know it really well, and I'm a really good person because I'm a Pharisee. I'm a leader of the Jews. Who really are you? And that's when Jesus shocked him, shocked him by telling him these words. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now, we know that verse, and we've been talking about it here at Fellowship Bible Church during this Advent season and actually before. But for Nicodemus, hearing that for the first time, it rocked his world. God so loved the world, he gave his son. First of all, God loving the world, God giving his son, and that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. Are you kidding me? There were 613 laws in the Old Testament. Nicodemus knew them all. And then the Pharisees, that religious sect of Judaism, had added a whole bunch more to it. And so they were really, really into this uh, human man-made works thing. They really, really knew what the law was all about. And they think, thought they had a kind of a kind of corner on the truth, how to get to heaven. It was you, you do a lot of good things. After all, God did give all these laws. Can you imagine how that rocked Nicodemus's world? God so loved the world, he gave as a gift his son that anybody who believes in him won't perish for all of eternity, but will have everlasting life. And now Nicodemus could tell you all about a transcendent holy God. He knew all about that. He knew how unapproachable God was. But a God who was loving, a relational God, a God who would give a gift, a free gift to anyone in the world who simply believed in Jesus for that gift. Nicodemus had spent a lifetime, his career, trying to direct other people, this is what you do. Here are the list of laws. This is what you do to get eternal life, to have a relationship with God. And now Jesus is telling him about a God who did something for him, who gave him a gift, and that anyone who believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Gift giving. You've probably all opened some presents, either last night or this morning, and how simple is that? I've got, I've got a gift for somebody, and I'm gonna give it to you. This is how simple it is, right? Uh, you're not doing anything, are you? You're not doing anything. You're just looking at me and thinking, oh, I hope he didn't come here, I hope he doesn't come here, I hope he doesn't come here. <laughs> so here is a free gift to someone 
and it's yours. You did nothing, did you? No. You, it was the, the right answer is no, I did nothing. <laughs> and it's yours. You don't have to give it back. And I wrapped it myself. Oh, look, that was so easy, I've got another one. So who could I give this gift to? And, and I'm not passing over anybody who doesn't deserve it, because no one deserves it, but... There you go, old to the brother. Oh, the sister tried to grab it. <laughs> Welcome to Christmas at home. Kids, you know, COVID did a great thing. It's a six-foot rule. You know, stay back, six feet, kids. We'll hand out the presents, six feet rule. <laughs> now, you can open that, but it was free. You did nothing, right, kids, to simply reach out and take it. I didn't ask you to stand up and run around the church building ten times. Now, that would have been fun. I could have, I could have played Nicodemus and said, this is how you earn God's favor. You run around the church six times, then I'll give you the gift. No, it was a free gift. And that was what was rocking the world of Nicodemus. A free gift because God so loved, and it was like he saw his whole career kind of going to shambles, crumble down to nothing. Because it isn't about, Jesus is saying, it's not about you it's about him. It's not about what you give to him. It's what he gives to you. It's the gift of his son. And whoever receives it by faith has eternal life. Can you imagine what was going through Nicodemus' mind? Well, let's figure this out. Six hundred and thirteen. I had six hundred and thirteen rules to follow. Can you imagine that? Can, can, can you even understand how many that is? And, and, and I, I knew every one of them, and I followed them, mostly. So there I am sitting across from Jesus. And he looks at me and says, Nicodemus, it's not about the rules. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but essentially that's what he's saying. It's, it's not about the rules. Not about the rules. Look at this from, from my perspective. I'd seen him come in the day before, and, and, and he had turned the temple upside down. This is the place, mind you, that, that I'd spent my life preserving. So you can imagine how much I wanted to have a talk with him in a secluded place at nighttime. How would you feel if someone Someone said to you, someone you respected, they tell you that 
Everything that you'd dedicated your life to had missed the mark completely. You're a fool. That's how you feel. So, I said something to him. One rule that seems too good to be true, because it was. Believe he's the Messiah. Believe he's the one that was promised. And, and he said it like he just glazed over it like it was some simple thing. And then went on talking about good and evil. And, and I'm thinking, wait, go back, go back to where you took what was so complicated and made it not complicated. My whole life was in those complications. My, my religion was in those complications. Making sure to follow the details of the laws. I made sure that every T was crossed I thought that is what was going to save me. 613 laws. I was wrong. It was love that saved me. For God so loved. On that silent night, and that holy night, that little manger of straw was the God-man, maybe cooing a newborn baby, while God was shouting, I love you, I love you. He gave us his son that we have eternal life, if you believe him. Have you put your faith in Jesus as your personal Savior? It is so easy. Believe that he offers you the free gift of eternal life. He died for your sins. He rose again. And when you put your trust in him and him alone, you have his gift of eternal life. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for the opportunity on this Christmas morning to come into your presence and to worship you to acknowledge that we can't do it ourselves. No matter how good we are, no matter how righteous we may appear, no matter how um, well thought of we are by others, we all fall short of your standard of perfection. We are sinners, Father. And so we're so grateful on this Christmas morning to actually worship you and call to mind the, the truth that you loved us so much you gave the gift of your son and of eternal life if we simply put our trust in you. 
whether it was Nicodemus, a squeaky clean religious person, or at the end of your life, Lord Jesus, the man hanging on the cross, a criminal, a thief, a, a worthless human being in everybody's estimation that you turned to and said, today you're with me in paradise. All because of the gift that you gave. The gift of your life, Lord Jesus, the gift of eternal life that you give through faith. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank you that this is why we have a merry Christmas. It's Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen.